Well, hello and welcome to the Profit Express. I'm Tim Healy, and I'm inviting you to join me each and every Wednesday so you can be prepared to win the battle for business. That's right. So thanks for being on board today. And, of course, a big thank you to our good friends and sponsors at Corbett Public Relations, where they've been promoting and protecting businesses and brands for over 30 years. So do yourself a favor. Visit Bill and his team at CorbettPR.com. That's C-O-R-B-E-T-T. PR.com. Welcome aboard, everybody. Now, today I want to start with a universal economic truth. Nothing happens until someone sells something. Yes, that's right. So just based on that one truth alone, you think, well, hey, the profession of sales or what it is to be a sales professional is critically important to the economy. So a job in sales, that's got to be the hottest ticket in town, right? Uh, not so much. Really? Why? The funny thing is, not only is it not the hottest ticket in town, for years now, my clients, my friends, my associates, everybody I know who's looking for salespeople say they can't find salespeople. Now, I'm not even saying good salespeople, great salespeople. They can't find salespeople to fill positions. And that's not a good thing because our economy desperately needs salespeople. So why is that? Well, now, here's another truth when it comes to sales. Sales can be extremely lucrative. If you are good at it, if you work hard at it, you can very easily make more than, quite frankly, a lot of doctors and lawyers. But here are three things that kind of have the, the card stacked against us in the world of sales. Number one, as I said, it's hard work. Let's face it, you got to bust your ass to really do well in sales, but you can do very well, again, very lucrative. So it's hard work. Then number two, rejection. Rejection is a part of sales on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. So if you can't handle rejection, eh, you might want to keep looking elsewhere. And then the third problem, and this is a very interesting problem, sales has a bad image. And that bad image has been with us since we've been selling. And, you know, listen, you, you've heard of sales, salespeople, what comes to mind? Ah, oh, they're pushy, ah, oh, they're aggressive, ah, oh, they're manipulative. And unfortunately, and I hate to say, and this is somebody who's been in sales my whole career, I'm a sales consultant, trainer, and coach, but we have unfortunately deserved that reputation. Because not too long ago, as in last week, I've met some kind of cheesy, pushy, aggressive, manipulative salespeople, and they still exist, so that perception, that image is still out there. And because of that, the two youngest generations in the workforce, the ones that we need to enter the profession, right? namely millennials and Gen Z, well, they're not hopping on board when it comes to sales. And that's really unfortunate. And the reason they're not, according to the studies, is their perception of a career in sales is, eh, sales, salespeople, eh, they're manipulative. And that's just not good. Because if you think about it, if you're good in sales, if you're really good in sales, it could be a great stepping stone to owning your own business, to being a CEO. So I am on a crusade. I am on a mission here at the Profit Express as I am deeply vested in the world of sales and in the profession of sales. So I want to start the conversation. 
And it won't be just one show today that we're kicking off, but I want to have more and more of these conversations because it's, it's needed deeply. It's overdue, quite frankly. And I figured, okay, so, hey, who should I have on this show to discuss sales, the state of sales, is it in crisis? Then what I will say is probably, or who I will say, is one of the best salespeople that I know personally. And that says a lot because I know thousands of salespeople. And it was his ability to be a really, really good salesperson that led him into being an entrepreneur who has built and sold multiple businesses for some rather nice bank, as it were, who's now enjoying life in Florida as a speaker, as an entrepreneur, and as an executive business coach. And I knew I wanted to have him on the show because I want to talk, I want to talk sales and what we need to do to encourage that next generation to join the ranks. So today's guest, I think, is the perfect call, and he is none other than Rob Basso. Welcome back, sir. How are you today? I am doing fantastic. First off, Tim, your entire opening resonated with me 100%. <laughs> Mostly because I was that aggressive, pushy, annoying salesperson <laughs> right out of the gate. I, I, I have to admit it, but the truth is you, you have to go through that pain of realizing yeah. that that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work mm -hmm. well. Yeah, people don't like you very much, and they don't buy a lot from you when you're that guy. <laughs> Maybe if you're selling certain products, you can get away with it. I could never right. get away with it selling the professional products. So, Tim, I right. think you're spot on. There's there's something different in the water now. You know, th there absolutely is, and I I think you know when when you know people like you and I have been in sales for a long time. We were trained, we were taught by, you know, our mentors, you know, pushy, aggressive, press real hard, third copies yours, kind of baloney, right? And we know, obviously, it doesn't work. But as you know, you, you've parlayed your ability to sell into being an entrepreneur, a successful entrepreneur, building, selling businesses. And sales can mean so much to so many people, and it can open up a lot of doors. But before we get into the the detail in the weeds on today's show, Rob. Is it true to say that if it weren't for your ability to be a really good salesperson, you might be a school teacher right now? Oh, there's, there's, there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, <laughs> I was a history education major and I was going to be a teacher. I did my student teaching and it didn't work out for me and I went in a different direction. But I credit all the things that I learned in my teacher training to my success in sales, because at the end of the day, being right. a really good salesperson is the ability to communicate difficult things in a simple manner. And if you can do that well, you got right. a shot in sales. So you're a hundred percent right, Tim. I'd be, I'd be there with the patches on my elbow and, <laughs> uh, and I probably would have enjoyed it very much. Financially, it might not have been as, as, as lucrative, but I think right. it would have been just as fun. Right, right. That's, that's funny. Wow. It, where life takes us, right? So, all right, I, I've seen it firsthand with my clients. Um, let's just talk about that for a little bit. Um, with, with the clients, with the people you're, you're working with now, um, are they having similar challenges? Let's just talk about it. Finding salespeople. Yeah, they are. I mean, I'm working with a diverse set of professionals now from real estate, mm. 
to, to medical billing, uh, to some uh, an individual who owns a florist. And I have to tell you, it has been so difficult for every one of those. And these are all smaller, medium-sized businesses, but it's no different for the big guys. They right. have been complaining that the resumes they've been getting, the ones that actually respond to the ads that they put out, have mm-hmm. been subpar and grammatical errors. It's almost like people are applying for these positions because they say, eh, I guess it's just a sales job. I'll just try to apply for it. Not realizing that sales is a profession, not something you do when you can't find something else. And I think that's what's Mm -hmm. happening. At least that's what my clients are telling me. See, so, all right. So so what you just shared though, and, and you're right, you know, sales is what you do as, as a fallback position when you can't find anything else. Um, how do we undo that? Because I talked about it in the intro. Listen, we, we, we've always had, you know, a, a bad perception problem. And the millennials aren't wanting to get into it. You know, the Gen Zs aren't wanting to get into it. Um, right. So can we undo the image? And, if you, and then how? Well, I, I think it can be undone. And listen, the, the, the young folks that are out now that are attempting to get into this profession... It is mm-hmm. clearly very different. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, potentially the companies that um, existed 15, 20 years ago didn't have some sort of lead sources, but I think the world has shifted where a lot of these organizations are getting inbound leads, are spending a tremendous amount of money to get the warm leads in-house. Therefore, mm-hmm. the professional that's on the other end of the phone is not the one that's out there creating the beginning part of the process to create the relationship, to get somebody interested, they're picking up after that part took place. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when I started and when you started, Tim, that was not the case. We had to do everything from the minute we knocked on a door, from the minute we picked up on a phone. And yes, the internet existed when you and I started barely. So we didn't have the benefit of all of this technology. Um, I'm sure we'll get into some of the technology in the future, but the way we change the perception is we keep doing what we're doing now, Tim, letting people know that it is not a beginner career. Mm, it's a mm-hmm. way to blow the doors off of whatever you thought you might be able to do in your career. Most of the successful people that I know right. that end up running businesses and becoming financially secure, might I say, you know, financially beyond what you would consider secure, started their life in sales. So once you put those facts together and you keep telling the world like you're doing on your show, um, I think we can turn the tide of what's happening right now. Well, God, I, I, I hope so. Cause we're, if not, we're in trouble. I mean, you said something very important when, when you and I started out, you know, we, we earned our stripes making hundreds of cold calls a week, a hundred a day. I mean, some insane numbers, knocking on doors. I know, I mean, I did door knocking. I know you even did probably much more than I did networking events, all of that. I mean, really hard, hard work. That's not very easy for a lot of people, you know, getting rejection. Nor fun a lot of the time, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. No, it's not. I mean, talk about rejection. You know, I know you've had doors slammed in your face. I know you've had uh, the, the, the phone hung up on as have I. I can't imagine. Now, again, everybody picks up millennials and Gen Z. 
and it's times are changing. I think a lot of these younger people would have a hard time getting their ass kicked the way you and I did. What do you agree, well, or I, am I, I, am I right being to, an alarmist? No, I and I think you're right, and 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 I don't think it's per se their fault. I think mm. they they grew up in a time where everything was immediate. You, you you know you had the world in your hand with your phone, and you know I know this argument's been made many times, but when especially when it comes to sales, it's true. It's like, well, I talked to that person one time. Why didn't they buy something from you? <laughs> well, that's not really the way that it works. Right. You need to solve a problem, uh, create some sort of relationship or bond. And to be quite frank, if you use technology in the right way, just like we're doing right now, mm -hmm. we're a thousand mm -hmm. miles apart, but we mm -hmm. might as well be sitting next to each other. If the technology that we have today is used, you can create those relationships and bonds and help close sales. But I still think they're being misused and abused um, with young professionals right now. They're not being taught the right tools and the way to go about taking a sale from the beginning to the middle to the end. They're just mm -hmm. relying on the technology in too big of a way. I can't tell you how many times I've been walked through a sales process where I know they're reading a script and I can see them. I see them face to face, but the rapport building skills still aren't there. Like before we started this show, what did you do? You chatted with me for a few minutes. We caught yeah. up. You made me feel comfortable. Now, I know that's probably on purpose and we've known each other for a while and you didn't need to do it, but you right. do it almost by instinct. Right. right that is right. something that you can learn. These young professionals can learn the same things that we take as instinct now. I don't know that they were instinct when you and I started, Tim. We learned them. You know, listen, you're, you're bringing up a lot of really good points. You know, we had to learn them. Um, the ability for the younger generation, I, I see it in, in nieces and nephews who were, you know, 20-somethings, late 20s. And right. their ability to communicate, you know, to slow down, to listen is, is painful. Painful. Um, that's, that's what I worry about. So I, I know... You've, you've done talks in, in universities, one up here in Long Island not too long ago, you know, to, to you know, entrepreneurial groups, you know, kids are probably thinking of opening their own businesses. Um, have you had conversations? Have, you know, maybe have you mentored, you know, millennials or Gen Zs who are maybe looking to whether it is sales or whether it is entrepreneurship um, as to what they should do? Well, it's interesting, Tim. Um, you know, one of them, one of the talks I did a few in the last couple of months, one was at Hofstra University and one was at Stony Brook University. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure they were compelled to come hear me speak because it was part of their curriculum. But nevertheless, there was between 150 and 250 students at each of the talks. And many times when I do talks at professional organizations, I'll right. have 40, 50, 60 people waiting to talk to me. And that's right. not an ego thing. That's because somewhere... I struck a chord with these folks and, and they wanted to hear more. Well, what I found at these universities, that cream still rose to the top, but maybe there was 10 or 15 kids who came up and talked. And right. those are the rising stars. Those are the ones we want to take and we want to help mold into the future entrepreneur, the future top sales or, or sales leader, you know, with, with, whether it's for themselves or whether it's within an organization. Uh, I met um, a young woman 
who wanted to start her own business. And we had communicated probably three or four times. And I have to tell you, even in the three or four times that we had conversations, she was better prepared each time we had a conversation because I asked her, when you call me, call me with a purpose, call me with an understanding of where you'd like that conversation to go and mm. what help you'd like, come prepared with questions. And right. she did. So it's not that they can't learn or they won't take direction. It's the noise. It's the noise from everywhere else, yeah. you know, saying, yeah. go to this shiny object. Maybe this isn't the career for you. Be an engineer, be a doctor, be something. When, you know, salespeople and sales professional, you know, and then it's been on a steady decline for years, get a bad rap. But I think there's hope for this younger generation if we continue to communicate about this, Tim, just like we're doing now. So, you know, I, you know, you and I had skills that I think millennials, Gen Z's might not as far as, you know, you and I could walk into any room and strike up a conversation. You know, you and I could pick up a phone, we can knock on a door. That, that's, you know, some of our skill sets and strengths. Um, what then from what you've seen and even in employees you've had and, and have now, et cetera, what do what does that generation have skill set wise that is an advantage well, that you and I didn't have? Well, certainly their technology skills. I think I'm a good user, but I'm just good. I'm not mm. great. And I think these young professionals coming up and I and I use that age gap widely. It could be, you know, 21 years old to 30 something years old. Sure. Yeah. Their ability to gather data and use the technology. And I'll just use, you know, LinkedIn as one simple example. Mm -hmm. Many professional salespeople spend their whole day or half their day in LinkedIn, troving through piles and piles of information. And with, with that ability to be able to aggregate this data and then pull it apart to find your exact target market, that's actually easier now than it ever was before. But yeah. the problem is, you've got just as many people doing the same thing. So it, in some respects, it makes the job easier now that right. you're able to call all this information and have it at your fingertips, but the, convert, the, the, the competition is just that much tougher because anybody worth anything is doing the same exact thing they are. But the simple thing is they, they, they've got a better edge, I think, than people of our generation with their ability to use the technology. The challenge is getting them interested enough in the career. Listen, I can use my son as an example. He recently graduated college and he tried a few things in sales and it really wasn't for him. I'm not mm -hmm. saying long-term it wasn't for him. And his dad is a professional salesperson and right. lived with it, breathed it, felt it every day. <laughs> and yep. he decided to move on um, and recently got a job in the sports field, which probably suits him much better. But there's one thing I did notice with this generation. They are generally unwilling to do things that are displeasing to them. And uh. while that sounds well and good, sometimes you have to do the displeasing, uncomfortable things that you absolutely don't want to do. Somewhere, somebody has told a whole swath of people <laughs> that it's okay. Follow your dreams, follow your ambitions, and just do that. Well, I agree with most of that, Tim. But yeah, the yeah. simple fact of the matter is fulfilling those takes all the hard steps along the way. You can't just skip and get the dream. That's right. not the way that it works. 
doesn't right, work right. that way for you. And it didn't work that way for me. And it won't work that way for that. Wow. This is, listen, I've had, you know, Mike Rowe, I've had him on the show and he says, you know, he actually says, coming out and says, don't follow your passion. He's like, that's nonsense. He's like, go where the money is. Now, that could be hard for a lot of that generation to swallow because of exactly what you just said, Rob. They've been told the complete opposite. And <clears throat> I know you've heard it. We've probably spoken about it in the past at one point. The tremendous value in the phrase, be comfortable being uncomfortable. Because yep. then you're willing to do things that others aren't. And... I just think because of the instantaneous nature of society and how you don't have to leave home for food or for anything. And, you, you know, I, I, I just think they've become too comfortable. And I'm starting maybe, maybe say, hey, people say, oh, who's this old man talking, right? Who's this old crank talking um, about that? But I, Jesus Christ, I think, I think there's merit to that. Tim, I had college-age kids during COVID. One was a, a senior in high school and college, yeah. and then they both yeah. spent some time in college during COVID. Mm -hmm. It was very difficult because things changed drastically. The world shut down. They, they were at home. They weren't socializing. And imagine yeah. if you were a preschooler and learning how to, 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 to identify letters or sounds when your teacher had a mask on. So we, yeah. we've created a, a whole generation for different reasons at different uh, at different age stages that are missing things that have these gaps that may or may not ever come back to the same way when when before before there was a a world a worldwide pandemic. But right. even the pandemic aside, um, even if you took that out of the equation completely, you, mm -hmm. you're a hundred percent right. I think that this generation is also misunderstood. And there yeah. are some things that we have to realize as the generation before them that um, are just different for them. And I think sometimes folks like me and you, Tim, do sound like those old codgers. Oh, I remember <laughs> the days, you know. Okay, the, every generation has that. Right. But right, right. where this is slightly different is the speed at which technology and things are changing are beyond anybody's comprehension mm -hmm, um, or mm -hmm. what, what anybody thought it would be. And I think potentially the human mind is not catching up as fast as the world around us. And, right. and young people need to slow down. I know that sounds insane, right? Mm -hmm. Slow down yeah, yeah, and yeah. really take in your surroundings and get to know the world that you live in and get to know the people that you're going to be offering products and services to. You know, it is not such a digital world where the face-to-face -face communication in person will ever mm -hmm. completely disappear. You can hide behind it for a while, but wait till you get to your first conference and see how well you do if you never flex those muscles. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't blame the young professionals now, yeah. um, but it's their responsibility to be productive members of society. And like your friend, Mike Rowe, um, I'm in mostly dis, uh, mostly agreement with with him, yeah. where you know, if your passion is you know a, a creating tiddlywinks and nobody uses them anymore, well, good luck making a living and paying the rent with that. There's there's yeah. very famous folks that are out on the internet now that have made a living talking about your passion, 
what I would rather say is you can be passionate about practically anything you're doing at least bits and bits and pieces. Right. I owned a human resources and payroll service company, one of the main businesses. It was a payroll company. We right. literally wrote paychecks for individuals. Now, the way I made that great for me and, and meaningful was I believe that I was the conduit in which wealth flew, uh, flowed from an employer to an right. employee to help yep. the American economy. Now, that sounds absurd to most people, but it's tough to get up in the morning and say, I write some checks. Yeah, I make good money, but I just write checks with a computer system. That doesn't sound incredibly sexy or motivating. So right. I found my own way to love what I did and be passionate about it. I didn't wake up and say, I want to run a payroll company. It just didn't happen that way. You see, and you're absolutely right. Because, you know, we talked about perception is reality earlier. And you created a whole perception around, again, you know, payroll services, no offense, Rob, you know, and I know it's not a sexy business, but it's, it's how you approach it each and every day. And you brought an excitement to it. And when you're out there prospecting and your clients felt it, and obviously, and, and that's how you connected, or one of the ways you connected. But one thing I'm thinking that I think, you know, the millennials, the Gen Zs, they have the digital ability that, you know, I still even struggle with today. I'm okay at it, right? Um, and I think you, if you talk about, you know, like what influencers do. Influencers were not a thing when you and I started. And all of the opportunity that's out there for millennials and Gen Zs, because of, if nothing else, because of social media, I think to me would just be such an exciting time for those two generations oh and how gosh, you could Tim, tie sales. What, 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 these young, what these young professionals have at their fingertips, if it's used properly, is, is, is just unworldly. And listen, I, I've got an Instagram. I've got my LinkedIn stuff. I'm posting on a daily basis, just like you are. Yeah. Um, the difference is I have no aspirations of being a, um, a social media star. Right. But I think what the challenge is, is, is getting these folks, um, the young professionals to realize the majority of them will not be sorry if that sounds soul crushing or, or, or dream crushing. Yeah. Um, but reality is there's a very small percentage. Let's, let's compare it to the number of the percentage of billionaires in the world. It's a very teeny, teeny point. Oh, 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 right. That's the same thing with social media influencers. Oh, they make a million dollars a month. You, there, <laughs> there's just a few dozen of those in the entire world. Right. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. As a matter of fact, <clears throat> I'm saying it's a useful thing when it's used appropriately. Um, but I wouldn't carry too much weight in, spending hours and hours a day, you know, building your social media skills. And listen, I'm not suggesting that the ones that are espousing this are even entirely wrong. They have an ax to grind, you know, yep. that's their yep. profession. Uh, I'm not going to name names. There's some big names out there that, you know, sure. built their entire imagery and then their businesses got big on social media. That's awesome. People can do that, but, but the semi-traditional way still works. So if you are not an in front of the camera person, if you're not a witty person that can come up with cute little things to say on a daily basis, don't think that your ship is sunk as a sales professional. Right, I don't right. think that is true at all. You need to spend the time building your skills, get a good mentor, get a coach, 
go start with an organization that hires people like Tim Healy Mm -hmm, to go mm -hmm. help them figure out what it is to be a professional salesperson because it's an amazing career where you get to do things and believe it or not, even when you're employed by an organization, the good employers, you have freedom to do what you want, when you want. Yeah, you got to put stuff in your CRM and you got to make sure your sales force is up to date and all that stuff. But the simple fact of the matter is you get a tremendous amount of freedom when you're a top sales professional. Um, When I ran a sales team on a daily basis, to be quite frank, the top producers, I did not care where they were or what they were doing. If they were out on their boat and closing above average deals and making a killing for the company and themselves, God bless. That's right. It was, the, yep. it was the middling producers and the low producers. I cared about what they were doing and how they were doing it. I don't think that's changed yet in sales management, Tim. <laughs> no, you could be assured it, it has absolutely not. Um, so here's something. What if you had somebody, you know, mid-20-something-year-old, who maybe they their, their uncle uh, or a relative or somebody, a neighbor, was, was successful in sales and they... And they we're, you know, kicking around the idea, you know, but then again, they, they've heard about all the bad perceptions and they said, hey, you know, they, they came across you at, at a talk you were given, for example. What advice would you, Rob Basso, have for a 20-something-year-old who is thinking of getting into sales for the very first time? Well, the, one of the first things I would tell them to do is take a simple, basic sales training course. And they're not expensive. You can find really sharp professionals pretty much anywhere now that have a tried and true methodology of walking folks through a sales cycle. Um, Those are the basic skill sets that tend not to be significantly different from trainer to trainer. They might Mm -hmm. have different spin on them, but what I would suggest is get the basics down, learn the basic pattern of what it is to have the first communication to all the way to your trial close and your close. Those words might not exist in some people's vocabulary today, but the sentiment is the same. You have to walk somebody through a sales process. I think the challenge that young professionals have now, even when they're selling a product or service that might not um, seemingly have a long sales cycle because you know they, they wanna close, they wanna close immediately. I just went, I walked them through my deck. Oh my God, if I see another sales deck, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to cry. You know, that while that does work in some people's world, I still think there's more effective ways to close deals than showing up and throwing up. Um, And you can do that virtually. It's the same thing by showing somebody a sales deck. It's the same thing. So get a simple sales training course. There's a, there's a website called Udemy, um, which is available. Um, which actually has tens of thousands of courses. Like anything else, you have to vet them and make sure you're with the pros, but you don't have to spend a lot of money. It's a good way to say, do I want to be a sales professional? Right. Another piece of advice would be to talk to people, contact other individuals that you know that have been super successful in sales. That uncle or aunt that is thinking about potentially working with you, they know a dozen people that have been successful get their names and contact information and offer to take them to coffee if they're local and sit face to face and talk about what it means to be a sales professional. That's a dying art. Just the fact that you pick up the phone or send them an email and get coffee with them. 
you're learning what it's like to be a professional salesperson. It's funny you say pick up the phone. I, I actually did. She might kill me for saying this. I did a blog article, and it's, it's entitled Pick Up the Damn Phone, right? No, I love it. I love it. <laughs> One of the, here's the funny story, and she she because she's the assistant I, who actually works on the show, right? And she's great. She's worked with me for five years now, right? She I can't say enough good things about her, and she never picked up the damn phone. And yes, texting is awesome. It's it, email. We get it. I'm not saying it's not, but here's the funny story, Rob. I was calling her to tell her I wanted to give her a raise. She didn't ask for it. I wanted to give her a raise. And I didn't want to text her, hey, by the way, congrats, here's another X dollars an hour. And I, I said, hey, give me a call, give me a call, give me a call, right? And I got so pissed, I wrote an article that she had to end up editing and putting on my site. And that's our joke now, pick up the damn phone. And I said, listen, uh, I said, if you could please call me, I want to tell you that you got a raise. She's a millennial. You know, can I can I turn this show on its ear for two seconds? A hundred percent. What 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 if what what if we're just not getting with the program, Tim? We're just you and I and, yeah. and folks that have did it did it a different way are just not getting with the program. They want to commute via te- commu- communicate via text. Maybe right. we should just say, um, I'm sorry, your services are no longer needed. Text. <laughs> you know, would they like would they like that text? You know, um, but Tim, I, I'm joking, but not joking. I, yeah, yeah. I, I maybe, 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 you know, we, having an open mind towards some of this and can, can you and I alone and even all the sales professionals in the world stop the march forward of technology? I'm not of course sure. Not. Yeah. I'd like to think that we could stem the tide to, to, to make sure that that human connection still exists. Oh, the young folks swear that they are still connected to people. And you could look at the gaming community. I'm a little off topic, but not really. You look at the gaming community, they put their headsets on, they, they play these games with people for years and they call them their friends and they have relationships. I think part of it is just because you and I don't understand it from that standpoint, our immediate reaction is, well, it, it can't be yeah. right. So, so, so I might be off track here a little bit, but it's kind of like those gaming folks, they put their headsets on and they create relationships over years playing video games. Just because you and I probably wouldn't do that, it doesn't make their feelings or the way they communicate mm-hmm. or how close they feel to that other individual invalid. Right. So, we also have to get along with the fact that things are changing and I am completely fine with that. I text all day long. I do, but I still pick up the phone and I still do the video calls. I will say nine times out of 10, if I ask a young person, do you want to FaceTime or no, just text me. It's literally the first thing that comes out of their mouth. (laughs) And it's just the way they were brought up. They had that way to communicate since the day uh, they got a phone when they were, I'm guessing kids are getting them at seven, eight years old now. I have no idea. Right. But right. We, we just, we don't want to be that generation that, 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 that just whines and complain about the ones, you know, that, that are coming up behind us. We need to empower them and lift them up and use the best skills that we had that brought mm-hmm. us where we were and realize that their skills coupled with ours are going to get them where they want to go. I don't think they can live without both. 
They can't just be the texting king or queen and, uh, and hide behind it. Um, they got to have this kind of ability to be a professional salesperson. Rob, you, you bring up a great point because it's like when I have when I mentioned topics like this, you know, when, when I wrote that blog, pick up the damn phone. You know, I don't want to be that generation's like, oh, these these kids, blah blah blah, and 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 just mouthing off like an old timer. Um, so your 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 thought process is key. It's like, okay, you know, can we meet them halfway? You know, we're, we're not going to undo their, you know, attachment to texts, but it can't just be all text, and they're not going to go to what we were doing. So. Is, is there a way? And I, I think there has to be a way. I could just, just, you know, bridging well, the gap. Well, let's, let's throw something else in there, Tim. We also, Go. we can't accept mediocrity. Um, you know, we, 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 we have mediocrity. What's the word? Um, mediocrity. Mike, I have to edit that. Yeah. So, sorry, it's, Mike. Uh, we, we, <laughs> we can't accept mediocrity because right. it, 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 they're two different things. And I think sometimes we think that, they're communicating poorly and they think they're doing a great job. There's just that disconnect and it's right. bridging that gap. And I think shows like yours and other professionals that are talking about the dissonance between people that are of a certain age and the yeah. younger generation. Yeah. Um, we're doing a better job at least talking about it, I think, than the generation before us, Tim. I don't think they gave a crap at all. They're like, no. do it my way or you're fired. Like exactly. they, that was it. You were just fired. I right. think the conversation is much different because we realize they are the future and we cannot do it and run organizations without the young professionals. So we have to get on board with the way they think, whether we like it or not. Listen, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, and I know you're as passionate for sales as I am. And I'm just seeing what's out there. And, you know, there still is that negative perception, you know, and I, it's gotten better, you know, because sales isn't what it used to be. You know, it, it is about communication. It is about helping. It is about offering solutions, um, which I think helps the image. But we're still undoing a lot of, you know, bad press over the many decades, you know. Um, but for me, it, again, it's, it's just letting a lot of, of the, the young generations know just how incredibly amazing sales can be. There's the dollars, okay? So, so, so there's the, 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 you know, the, the money-making potential. But to your point, and it's a great point, there's autonomy. Because when you've managed sales teams, when you've got somebody who's, you know, meeting, exceeding quota, doing big deals, you know what? You know what managers and owners do? They leave you alone. That's autonomy. It's the, That's, it's the closest. It's the closest you can get to being self-employed without being self-employed, with, without the risk, there. without the risk. Well, you you could always get fired. There's the risk well, there, yeah. but in general, you're, right, you're going to get a paycheck. And you know, I believe that just like we're short on engineers right now, you yep. know, this country's been for the last decade or 15 years, we can't mm -hmm. find enough you know, STEM workers and specifically engineers, we're getting to the point where it's like that with sales professionals. And it's no different that, than people not going into the trades, finding plumbers, finding, electrici oh. uh, finding electricians, not to, not to mention these, these professionals like plumbers and electricians 
It's hard work. It's good work. It's honest work. They make a lot of money now. They make a oh. lot of money doing the work that they do. And, and mostly because nobody else wants to do it. And I'm sure yep. Mike Rowe talked all about that when you interviewed yep. him. So, you know, w- once we get, you know, folks understanding that this isn't a dirty job, you know, <laughs> it, 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 it is a good, high-end, respectful, you know, place to be in the right. food chain and business. You said it at the top of the show, nothing happens if nothing gets sold. And I'd say there's got to be a willing buyer and a willing seller or there is no there is no business. It right, just doesn't right. exist. And right. it's the same thing with social media or influencers. There's no viewers. There's there, there's no interaction. There's no there's no nonverbal contract that was made. You know, these people with millions and millions of followers, they have to make sales every single minute. They're posting hundreds of things on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, that's really tiring. I don't want to do that. I think it's easier to be a sales professional and make a good living than <laughs> post 5,000 things a week. Listen, that's just me. You're going to get somebody on here next week that's going to say, Basil has no idea what he's talking about on that topic. That's fine. That's okay. It's more my opinion than fact. So. That's all right. That's all right. Hey, it's, it's the Profit Express. But listen, this, I, this is the conversation I want to have. I wanted to have. Uh, it's an important one. It's one that needs to happen because, again, you know, call me an alarmist, call me the host of the show. I still think sales is in a crisis, but I, I think it's such a, an amazing opportunity for all the reasons that you and I have been discussing uh, so far that, you know what, people got to know about it. And we just got to introduce to people the right way to sales. So you've had a long career in sales, a long career as a business owner. You know, one of my favorite questions to ask, if you had a do-over. What would it be? If I had a do-over, you know, the funny thing is I probably asked that question to other people and I don't think it's ever been posed to me. And those of you that are listening closely know that this is me talking, trying to figure out an answer. So (laughs) I would say my, my, my gut answer, which is usually the one that is the truth is okay. that I wouldn't change a thing. I really wouldn't change a thing. I, I had such a an amazing career. It was hard. It was it was it was it was, it was harder than than anything that I could have imagined. You know, when we had a, the, the superstorm Standy, half the power went out my building. I'm personally running around plugging things in. It's like you know, you think about the the things that you do to keep your business afloat to mm-hmm. make sure that you deliver to your clients and mostly in hindsight are these things like oh my gosh i actually did that and people bought something from me i remember the first sale that i made and i'm like i have no idea why they would buy anything from me they just met me and now they let me into their bank account to do their payroll what are these people thinking but that's a rush that's like this hit of dopamine and i did it thousands of times and I'm still doing it now, but in a very different way. So, Tim, I wouldn't change a thing. I really wouldn't. I, I, I enjoyed the hard knocks after they were over and sometimes while I was in the middle of them. So I'm happy with the way things turned out, and I'm happy right. with the way that I did it. So. Sure. All right, so here, I, I didn't think I was going to ask this one, but I, I have a memory before I let you go. This is one of the things, and I've known you for quite some time now, 
that I, I forget where I heard this story. And you and I have talked about it in the past, but I love it. So we're going to repeat it. <laughs> and because there's two things I love about entrepreneurs, creativity and hustle. And the best, most successful entrepreneurs have creativity and hustle. You need both, in my opinion. And I don't know if you were in high school. I think you were in college. You had a deli job. And one of the things, hold on now. One of the things that you did, you needed a job. So, you you know, you're cutting bologna and and ham. You're making sandwiches for some some local deli. But because you were a hustler, because you were creative, this is the stuff I I want this next generation to get from people like you and me because I don't see these things. Tell me if I got it right. You took copies of your resume and, you know, the paper they wrapped those deli sandwiches in and you stuck resumes in deli sandwiches to find the job. True? True. And I got four job offers and uh, uh, I started my career because of that situation in the deli. Yeah, you got a good memory, Tim. I think the last time you and I had told that story was probably a decade ago. Easily. But that's what it takes. And, And you, you, you know, the next time I'm on your show, I want to talk about um, uh, people with ADHD and, 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 and how they use their creativity. Myself, my daughter has it. My son has ADD. You know, people's brains are wired different. I think if I wasn't wired this way, I don't think I would have been as creative or successful. And I know that is wildly off topic, but the truth is you talked about creativity. I think it comes from the way my brain is wired. Dude, I would love jot that down. I'm writing it down. I got a good memory. I'm not going to forget that. That's a great, great topic. I re- I really like that. But honestly, out of all the stories and all the, because I know you've read tons of books. I read tons of books. I've had the the people on the show. That to me is one honestly one of my favorite stories on hustle. Loved it. Well, I appreci- I appreciate it. And you know the best part about that that I still get a kick out of. It, I didn't even think about it. I was like, well, I guess I'll just try this. I, I literally wasn't like, oh my God, is this weird? Should I do this? This is bizarre. Why would I do this? It's like, <laughs> I'm just going to do it. Like what could possibly go wrong? I love it. Um, and nothing went wrong and nothing happened. I mean, I didn't of hurt course anybody. Not. You know, of I course not. Of course not. I the mustard aside. I can literally picture them like, what the, what is this? You know? I love it. That is great. Um, before I let you go, people, how can they follow you on social? What's the easiest way? Yeah. My Instagram is simply my name backwards. It's Basso Rob. And my email address, if you want to get in contact with me, is rob at robbasso.com. And when you look me up on LinkedIn, it's just Rob Basso. You might find dozens of Robert Bassos out there. It's Rob Basso. And my website is robbasso.com. It's R-O-B-B-A-S-S-O. Perfect. Couldn't be easier. Rob, thanks for coming on board again. Great conversation, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Tim. I appreciate you having me on, as usual. Um, I look forward to being on the Profit Express every single time. This must be my fifth time and <laughs> in the last 15 years. So I love I, it. I think it is. I think it is. Thank you, sir. Have a good one. And this is the Profit Express. And remember to tune in each and every Wednesday as awesome shows like the one I just had with Rob Basso. Drop and download. Follow me in the show on Instagram at the Profit Express, Twitter, YouTube, all that. You know the deal. Hit the bells, the likes, the notifications. Um, but it really comes down to this. And it was one of the key takeaways for me in today's show with Rob for our younger generation. 
and this is something that will set you apart from so many people. Be comfortable, being uncomfortable, and be willing to do things that your peers are not willing to do, and success is on your horizon. Until next time, this is the Profit Express.